Welcome to the podcast of Grace Covenant Church, where we are transformed by God's grace, connected through relationships, and committed to service. We're in a series now called God is Near. We're on our second week, and um, I'm very excited about today's time together because we're going to learn so much about how to draw near to God in prayer specifically. Um, I was drawn to um, a story I remember hearing from a pastor years ago about a family, a, a woman, an adult woman who had to move her father into a, a nursing home and how you know, they made it a family ritual that on Sundays after church, uh, the, this, this woman with her husband and her three children would come and visit her father every Sunday, go to church, maybe have a lunch and then go visit their dad. And it was absolutely the high point of his week, as you would Im- imagine. He would get kind of dressed up and, and shave you know, close that day and, and wait in the lobby for them to see his family and his grandchildren to come. And as the years went by, you know, he got older and uh, um, became more ill. And so he was, he was losing his ability to keep up, right? Uh, he couldn't get around as easily, but most uh, tragically, he lost a lot of his memory. And he, he even couldn't recognize his own grandchildren. And, but he was always there on Sunday, right? He never missed Sunday. And again, he couldn't even find his way back to his own room after Sunday, or after any meal for that matter. And, and the issue of him, his, his regularity on Sunday afternoon with his daughter was especially perplexing to her. And so one day she just sat down with him on one of the Sundays and said, Daddy, you don't know, you know the names of your grandchildren, and sometimes you don't know my name. And, but there's this, how come you always know when Sunday is? Do you know what day today is? How do you always know to wait for us on Sunday? And she said, and then he said to her, honey, I wait for you every day. I wait for you every day. And the reason I love that story is because, you know, God is, is not, you know, a feeble-minded old man. But rather what it, what it does say is that, is that is the heart of God in our relationship with him. He, he looks forward to our conversations. I know it's very difficult for us to comprehend, and maybe that's what keeps us from communicating with him more often. But know this. It glorifies God for us to speak with him. It is, it is glorifying to God. It is honoring to God to pray for him. He likes that. He waits for us every day. And here's why. It, when we pray to him, it is the fulfillment of human history. It is, it is the completion of God's ambition for us. In a, in a nutshell, certainly one of the surveys of the Bible would lead you to believe that all of, of, of God's working in sovereignty is to bring men towards him, to him. Because while we can't attain heaven, he could come down to heaven and bring us up. And so you just look at, at the extent of what God does to bring his presence into the midst of his people so that we could talk. One of the titles of Jesus the Christ is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so it is his desire to spend time with us. It is his desire that we would speak to him. Prayer glorifies him. We are in a relationship with a king. And when I mean relationship, I mean a relationship that requires talking and communication and interaction. That's what he desires, and that's why he sent his son, because he so loved us, he wanted us to talk to him. He wants us to know him. Now, last week, 
we heard about the, you know, the importance of prayer and the power of prayer, and we made a commitment. If you weren't here, you know, most of us made a commitment for our time together, just kind of up, you know, kind of step up our prayer lives, and we made a commitment to time and truth. Right? We're going we're gonna to start telling the truth. I'll tell you more about that in just a few minutes. But in the context of time, we wanted to start off where we could win 15 minutes a day for our time together. We have four weeks left, 15 minutes a day. If you want to split it up, that's fine. In the, in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the morning and at evening, whatever works for you. Well, let's, let's get something that works and do it, okay, and then fill it in, okay? And then we also talked about not just our 15 minutes, but also continual prayer, regular prayer, all throughout the day. He's always there. He's everywhere all the time, so let's just talk to him about it. And we came up with a campy little way to remind us. We had this little smartphone attachment, right? You can go even to this day. You can go on our website. You download it. And then I was able to do this. Okay, so how hard could this be in some respects? And then you do something with the phone, and then it shows up. And so now every time I open my phone, I see the icon, right, for God is near. And I remember, okay, wait, okay, it's a relationship, and he's here. Let's talk. So anyway, we're, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the 15-minute part. Okay, we'll look at truthful too, but we're going to look at the 15 minutes and, and learn how to build intentionality into that. Okay, what I want to do, what, what I'm pretty thrilled about today is we're going to build a kind of an outline or a pattern of prayer so that you have an intelligent conversation for 15 minutes. Okay, and, and it's balanced, all right? And let me just say before we get to that outline itself that's in your bulletin, let me say first of all, it's very common for people that have a vibrant prayer life to find a place that they enjoy praying, okay? a, a special place. And, and I would say what, whatever works, because there's so many different stages of life of where we are, and there are stages of life where you, if you can find a place and it's relatively quiet or peaceful, take it. So when our children were young, um, well, well, some people go to the office early, for example. When our children were young, I couldn't go to the office early because... Um, when I, there's something, something that happens to me. When I turn the doorknob to the office, I'm like game on. I'm working. I don't want to think about anything else but work. And so, well, some people would go to their office and make that their special place to have their time with God. I couldn't do that. So I started just staying in the parking lot before I could go into the office. 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes sometimes, I would just sit in the parking lot or somewhere close to the office I know some moms of several children. You know, when our kids were young, I would go early. When our kids were young, my wife would hide, sometimes in the bathroom or the laundry room, wherever, wherever works, you know. Uh, some of you have a special place on the back porch. Whatever, whatever works, okay? Let's do that. In that special place, what I want to do now is, is find a way to have kind of a, a balanced, symmetrical structure of prayer, all right, so that... So that you, if, you don't, if you don't have a pattern of your conversation, a lot of times what happens is you end up um, just kind of, ha you know, something happens good, and you say, oh, thank you, God, for that, right? And just so now you're thankful. Or you get caught doing something you shouldn't be doing, and now you go into this confession mode. Uh, or or you, you suddenly need something desperately, and so you, you go into just asking for some things. So the point is, if it's a relationship and there's no, there's no structure or pattern, it's difficult to grow, right, without a, a sense of balance to that. And so, again, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to show you in your outline, uh, for, in your bulletin, something that's been taught in America for about, I don't know, almost 50 years, maybe even more than 50 years. I was taught this a number of years, maybe 30 years ago. It's been exceptionally helpful to me. 
I know a number of people at this church use this as an outline. If you look in your bulletin, it'll say ACTS. That's the outline, ACTS. ACTS is an acronym. And then I added a a fifth letter just to ruin it um, with an L. So there is a book of ACTS, so that fits nicely, ACTS and L. Axel. Axel. That's new, a new one. So, so let's look through our letter. Okay, the first letter is A, and A stands for adoration. A is for adoration. So that's how you start your prayer. You start in adoration. I would tell you absolutely it is essential to begin your time with God adoring him. Just worshiping and adoring him. And I mean, there's at least three reasons why this is effective for the rest of your prayer. The first of all, it, it sets the tone for your whole prayer time. And if you, could, um, if you could baptize your imagination for this part, whenever I would do this, again, I'd be sitting in my car somewhere under a tree. I would just imagine I had this special place in my mind, and I would go there. It was this giant boulder, and, and the Lord Jesus, the king, would be sitting next to me, and I pictured myself about being 9 or 10. It was like the last of my innocence. And we would just talk. Or sometimes we would just sit. There was something about being near the ocean with him there, adoring him. And, 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 and realizing that, that I'm in the presence of, of God who just spins things into existence, right? And what happens when you start off with adoration, your problems start to get more and more, I don't know, incidental. But it, it, it's to start off right with the mood of it. The second, the second thing that it does is adoration reminds us of the greatness of God. And so, again, part of the adoration part, in my experience, I have found that, you know, a worship song is a great way to start off if the worship song is substantive, right? It has good words that mean things. Sometimes um, I will look up in, on the Internet uh, what's called attributes of God and just look. That, that is a list of, of distinguishing characteristics of God. And depending upon my life, for example, I would uh, appeal to the power of God, Om- omnipotent. It means all-powerful God, right? And so when I felt like this was an impossible task that needed to get done, I would appeal to that attribute of God and, and adore him for that. Uh, when um, I have an issue with judge- justice and stuff, and I find myself going to the passages in the Bible so I can adore him for being the great judge, that sees, he's omniscient, and he, he, he knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So there, no one's going to get away with anything. There's, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors, old country western song. That's not true with God. He's behind those doors. There's justice, Matt. Just settle down. It's not your universe, right? So, you see, you appeal to, you're, you're, you're worshiping and adoring, you're setting the mood, you're, you're realizing who you're in the presence with, and then it purifies your soul. There's, um, there's this feeling of, of your soul just exhaling, and, you're just, and you can be calm, right? You can be innocent again. You don't have to, you're, you're with him, you know, let's just... Let's just relax. You're enjoying him, right? It is well with your soul. It is well with your soul when you are captivated by his nature and you're adoring his nature. And, I mean, is it any wonder that Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer when he's teaching us how to pray, right? He says, start this way, our Father who art in heaven. I mean, just stop right there, right? The God of the universe, right, that we're... We're, 
I don't know, our solar system, our galaxy, the Milky Way, the whole universe, right? All this can fit under a thumbnail. Who is in heaven, he rules all this, and we call him Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy name. Everything you stand for, everything that defines you, everything that you are, that's holy and majestic and mysterious. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's how Jesus says is a good way to start a prayer. See, you're not praying to Santa. You're not rubbing a lamp for a genie. This is God Almighty. Start there adoring him. And I would say for a lot of people, especially in our contemporary culture, this is going to be a foreign thing to a lot of people. And let me just remind you that, you know, every expert was once a beginner, every black belt was a white belt. Whatever metaphor you want to use, you just keep doing this, doing whatever, you know, you might need to do to adore, worship, going to the Internet, looking at these words that define God. Uh, I like weird, okay, I like going to NASA sometimes and just looking at the, this, the universe. I see these pictures of the universe and think, dear God, look, look how big you are. What, what, whatever brings you to feel the presence of God so that you adore him, A, adoration. C, uh, C stands for confession. In our outline, A-C-T-S-L, right? C is confession, absolutely the most neglected of our outline, okay? In a balanced conversation, this is the one we don't ever want to bring up. We're too intimidated. Sometimes we'll just do it like a lump of bad laundry, right? We just kind of throw it on, and just it's, it's, it's our dirty laundry, but it's in a stack, right? And we just say, uh, God, uh, cover up the, all the bad stuff in my life. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. And, and, and it's obvious why we do that, Right? Because it's not humiliating, it's not, um, it's not threatening when we keep it all in a big mound. And you know what else? It's not effective. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't have power in our relationship with God until we grab the power, this dirty laundry, right? It's a metaphor, right? We, we pick up every one of those things in dirty laundry and we look at it and, and talk about it and talk through about what we do and, and what we've done and why we did it. You know, last week when we talked about the two, you know, the two commitments was time and transparency or truth. This is where truth shows up right here. Okay, don't be shy in confession. Pick up those each individual one. Let's and talk to God about it. Here's why. One, he already knows. Okay? He's he's not, what you did what? And you were motivated by I didn't know. He he knows already. And second, he chose to love you. Listen to that. He chose to love you. He didn't, you didn't earn his love. He didn't choose to love you because of your righteousness or righteous acts. He chose to love you because he was drunk on love. And he made a mistake. I mean, if you, know, if you ask me, he made a mistake to love me, but he chose. He chose to love me. And because he knows already and because he has chosen to love me in light of all the things that I know about myself and friends, he only lets us know as much as we can tolerate. As you know, as some of you have grown older in the Lord and deeper in the Lord, he'll reveal more and more about you to you, not to him, to you. And he knows the depths of your sin and the depths of your selfishness. So talk about it, okay? Not... You know, I, you know, I could have been a better husband yesterday. 
Okay, you hold that thing up and you say, look, I had a really hard day at work, and on my way home, I premeditatively resolved that I deserve a break today. It says that in the Bible or at a burger stand or somewhere. I know it says that. And I came home, and it didn't matter what happened before I got there, but I was going to be cared for, and I was going to be coddled, and I was going to get my needs met. And I came in, and I was a bully, and I did what I had to do to get my stuff. And, and, I, and I wasn't selfless, and I wasn't caring, and I didn't you know, cherish my wife. I was so saturated with just, right, just an egocentric desire to feel good. And that's what I, I'm just addicted to this, to this feeling good of, about, you know, especially after a hard day. And that's what I did, right? right? When, you, when, you look, when you look at each one of these things and hold it up and show God and confess these for what they are and what motivates you, you get three benefits for the real thing that you don't get by just saying, yeah, cover those sins up. You know, the first one is you get to come out and say, you know what? My conscience is clean. I've said it, okay? I'm not playing games anymore, not pretend Christianity anymore. I'm coming out. I'm, I'm honest to God. I mean, you get that. You get, you get that uh, knowledge that you're not hiding anything from God. The, the second thing you get besides that is you get this overwhelming experience of forgiveness. Because when you, when you cover these deep, when you, you know, bring these details... Um, sins up to God, then he can talk to you and he can cleanse you. Look what it says in 1 John 1, 9. Second verse I ever memorized. There's a reason, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all of our unrighteousness. I mean, that's a promise from God. And we can hold him to it based on his righteousness. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us, right? And to purify us from all unrighteousness. And we get to feel, right, the experience of being washed over when we tell the whole truth to God. So not only do we get to say, you know what, I'm, not high, I'm, I'm in an authentic relationship with God, right, a real one. And I get to feel that experience, but also I'm, I'm, I'm free now to ask for help for that specific thing and to take responsibility for it. Because I've experienced the cleansing power of having, you know, a, an honest relationship with God. If, if the response is that I need to pay for some things or take responsibility or make some apologies or write letters, I can do that. That's easy stuff now, now that I'm right with God again. So that's why in the Lord's Prayer, right, it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then it goes on from there, doesn't it? He says, and lead us not into temptation, okay? Just deliver us from evil. We can see this sin in our life, and we go, God, you have to help me in this. Deliver me from, from this temptation and evil if you would. This is the reason, right here, that Christians don't change. If, if you're stuck, right, or you know someone, you've, you've known them for a decade, and nothing's changed in their life, this is it. Lack of detailed confession. They, you know, people, don't, they don't want to be, like, self-aware. Being self-aware is fearful. They can't acknowledge that they're wrong for whatever reason. Who knows? But lack of total honesty and transparency is the reason people don't change. Because when you, like, when you go five days in a row and you're not kidding around with words, right, you're not being polite with yourself, and you've called yourself a liar for five days, right, 
then, then you start saying, hey, maybe some, God, maybe you should help me, or, or, or greedy, you know, or coveting other people's stuff, that sort of stuff. I'm constantly manipulating. When you say that five days in a row during your time, right, of adoration and then confession, you're, you're going to become more desperate about God's spirit, grace transforming your soul. But you know what? If you want to play it safe, you know, if you, if, if you want to just kind of keep it all general, that's how you go through your whole life without testimony of radical surgery when God invades, right? I find that this particular part, you know, if I'm going to do my 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, and then five minutes, I'm going to, you know, 10 minutes at the beginning of the day and maybe five at the end, I'm going to spend a lot of my five minutes at the end of the day with this. Because at the end of the day, I like doing a survey of the day because it's fresh and something inside of me happens. When I wake up the next morning, it's like the previous day never happened. I just, I just kind of, I don't know, I move on. But if I, if I talk about it that night with the Lord and we, and we kind of survey what happened the, and, and I'm committed to this level of confession, I can say, okay, let's walk through those meetings or those conversations. Oh, right. It's like, what is the deal? Why did I spend, like, so much time talking about myself in staff meeting? I mean, what, what, what is inside of me that I need to be selling myself to my friends, no less? And what's happening with me? That what, what, do you, what surgery needs to take place in my soul for you to help me with this, Lord? Because, or, you know, I'm living my life around, I don't whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, you confess that and you say, you know what? Tomorrow morning... Sometimes I'll write it down right then, that night. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to take responsibility first and foremost. Some of my first calls, my first letters, my first conversations. Because I want the rest of the day to be right on with God and right on with my fellow man. It's a relationship, okay? It's a relationship. Good outline. A for adoration. C is confession. T, this is going to be on a test in just a few minutes, okay? I promise, okay? T is for thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the next thing, all right? A-C-T-S. In 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 5, it says, uh, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. People wonder a lot of times, what is God's will? Here's God's will, that you be thankful, <laughs> that you be thankful in all circumstances. Now, hear this. You can, you can see this from about the third chapter of Genesis to the end of the Bible. If you lack gratitude, you should be alarmed. If, if anybody's accused you of not being thankful, okay, you should be scared. You probably have a, a view of life where you're entitled. And you think like life or God or owes you. And so when something good happens to you, you don't, you're not grateful because, you know what, you're you. And it should be coming your way. The issue is pride. Pride is creeping at your door, and, it, and its desire is to devour you. If you are not thankful, you're sick. Your soul is ill. That's why C.S. Lewis, this is a wonderful quote about pride. And, 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 right? Pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up every possibility of love, of contentment, and even common sense. Be, be alarmed. I mean, we know this if you're a parent. You know this as a parent intuitively. If your child, right, is, is not a, in, right, intrinsically grateful, 
on vacation even, right? On vacation, they don't, they're not just thankful, but they're complaining on a, on, a, on a vacation. Think about this. You know there's something wrong, not with their behavior, but their, their whole value system. And what do you do to help them see that? How do you help a person that takes everything for granted? You start taking a lot of things away so that they get down to bedrock and realize these things are all gifts, not, not part of an entitlement package. And you know how painful that is for you, and you know how painful that is for them, but you're willing to do how much more for God if you're not grateful or thankful? He's gotta, he's, he has to do something to make you well. Uh, enough about bad stuff. Okay, look, as a parent, <laughs> if your child is in, intrinsically thankful, okay, not just polite, thank you for doing this, you know, just, I mean, that's good manners, okay, but when your child is, is overflowing, right, with enthusiasm towards the gifts and the provisions and, and life that you provide for them, okay, as a parent, how do you feel? You, you feel about their soul, you think, that's a healthy child, that's a healthy psyche, that's a healthy spirit, and then what else do you do? It's like, you're getting another scoop of ice cream, you know. I, I want to give you more because more isn't ruining you. It's, it's just it's allowing you to express your gratitude. How much more for God? How much more for God? I find myself gravitating towards four umbrella kind of blessings, you know. One is answered prayer. I thank God. When I'm thanking God, I'm thanking God for answered prayer. If I can remember, I think my wife writes down prayers so she can remember all the things that God has done. But I, wanna, I, don't, I don't want to pray something and watch something happen and then move along like, you know, like it's normal. I want to go back and say, you know what? You did that, God. I'm blaming you for all of these things that are happening because you're intervening in the lives of, of, of the people around me. So answered prayer is one. The second one is spiritual blessings. I look at thanking God for spiritual blessings. This is okay. I thank God for my abilities, my supernatural spiritual gifts that he gives us. If you don't know what that means, uh, maybe you could talk about it. But he gives us, when we become followers of Christ, we get a, a gift from the Spirit of God that we get to use for the body of Jesus Christ so that they could benefit and, and learn more about, you know, the grace of God. And we get that. And you can, you can say, thank you for these gifts that I can use in the local church. The other spiritual blessing I thank God for regularly is this church. I love this church. I really do. And this is a, a unique um, church, I, I, uh, it's so hard to explain. Um, uh, it's different. We're, do, we're doing some things that, and experiencing some things that can only be attributed to uh, just, a, I, I think I said originally, uh, an avalanche of miracles from God. But avalanches, they, they happen and then they stop. It would be more like this waterfall, this constant waterfall of God's miracles that blesses this place. And I'm constantly thanking God and usually when I'm thanking God and going into adoration because I'm overlapping these things, I'm thanking God for mercy because he has not given us what we deserve. And the more you know, the more you know you want to praise God for that. And, and I am thankful that he's so generous towards us. So it is difficult for me to drive by this building or have an extended prayer time at all when I'm not thanking God for this local church. I love this place. So I'm thanking God for answered prayer and spiritual blessings. I'm also thanking God for relational blessings. And, and what I mean by that is uh, family. 
you know, family, right, you know, the marriage and the children right now, nobody's in jail right now that I know of, and things are working for us. And I, I know that's a gift from God, and so I thank God for that. Friends, if you have two friends, if you have two friends in your whole life, friends, that's a miracle. That is a gift from God. And you need to tell him. You need to overflow with gratitude towards that. And that's a thing to bless, ask, you know, just give blessings towards. And then finally, it's material blessings, material blessings. Just thanking God for the way he provides, right? And, and I'm going to tell you a story because we are so rich, the Cassidy's. We are filthy, stinking rich. We are. I'm going to tell you a story. This is what we did Monday, okay? And you're going to think I made it up. We're like, uh, I've inherited a bunch of money. But here's the story. Watch this. Uh, so Monday's my day off. I have a day off. And uh, we wanted, Melinda and I wanted to go look at some blue bonnets. And so we took her car. Did you hear that? We have two cars. We each have our own car. But before we left to go look at blue bonnets, um, <laughs> we put a bunch of dirty clothes in this one box. And then we put a bunch of dirty dishes in another box. And then we left. And we came back about three hours later, and we came back, we opened up the boxes. I swear, this is not the future, and I'm not a king. But the clothes in the dirty box, we opened it up, they were clean. And the box that had the dirty dishes, they were clean. And all we had to do, I swear, all we had to do was put away the clean dishes. It was like elves came, and then all we had to do with the clothes that were now clean, we just put them in another box, and that box dried them for us. We didn't have to hang them up. And then we just folded those and put them away. I, I know. I know. We, all that happens at our house on a regular basis. Oh, all of that stuff is contained in a house, okay, that shelters us from the elements. Not just shelters us, but we, we can pick the temperature of our house. No, I swear. We have like our own climate, that whatever we want, and somehow we still managed to argue over that, but she's wrong on that. <laughs> but Melinda and I, when, when we wake up in the morning and we'll pray together, we pray for all of those blessings almost every time because, first of all, it was a major answer to prayer. It's a very specific prayer. But, but, friends, I don't think we ever wear God out with this kind of gratitude. I don't think he gets tired of, of hearing a young child overflow going, I can't believe you picked me. I can't believe you provided for me this way. I can't believe you did this for me. I mean, look at all of this, all of this. Solomon didn't have these magic boxes, you know, and we do, and we do. So here's the test. Okay, here we go. Ready? A stands for C, right? T, great. S is, we're almost done. S is supplication. I don't know what that, I had to look it up. Uh, supplication is a church word for just asking God, you know, what you might, you could use some help on. Okay, here's a, a, in the Lord's Prayer, it's when he said, give us this day our daily bread. He's just asking for what he needs, provisions. Right, there's a, here's a verse in, in Philippians that says this. In everything, with prayer and petition, other translations will say supplication, okay. In everything, in prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, okay, present your requests to God. So you just present your rest. But listen, look, look, how, look how far we are. Look how well our soul is, right? We've adored him, right? And then we confessed and got things right with him and asked for help in that context of, of, of you know, sin management and, and 
character change. And then we were so grateful towards the things that he's done for us in our lives in, these, in those four areas. And now he says, what? How? Let's talk, right? And when I pray in the, in the context of these, uh, not supplications, what is it, petitions, I, I am very open-handed in this because I don't know what I'm talking about and I don't know what, what God's will is. And so I will, there's a, there's a great proverb that says, um, Lord, don't give me too much because I'll ignore you. And don't make me too poor, because I'll steal bread if I have to. And I think Solomon wrote this. He knew his nature. And I know my nature that if, if God gives me too much, I'll forget he ever existed. And if I'm too poor, it's scary what I'll stoop to. And, and so I'll, just, I'll pray these issues of supplication, and then I'll just say, but hey, <laughs> you know and I don't. And, but here's some things that it would be great, and that would be great if it was less or more, I'll say, or more, or better. Because I'm a, I, I so much in my prayer of supplications, I so much in begging God for a little plastic truck that you get at HEB when he says, wouldn't you rather have a Tonka truck, you know, like a metal one, a real one that lasts for a long time? I don't even know if I could ask for that, God. You know, you know Sister Anne Marie, she'd never let us pray for big things. So I just say, or more. Or less, whatever, okay. So here are four categories I pray for in supplication. Just, you know, one is family. Again, I pray for my, my marriage, and I pray for my kids. If you have children, there's always something to pray for your children. Whatever happened yesterday, thank you, Jesus. But tomorrow, but tomorrow, I have to pray for them. Second is people. I look for people that, you know, at... at uh, that I live around, you know, that I, I know, and my friends, I pray what their prayers are asking, right, sometimes for physical problems that need to be done, or people that I, I love outside of the church that don't know anything about Christ, I'll pray for their concerns that God would draw them into that. So I'll pray for family, and I'll pray for, for, um, for people, and then I pray for grace, I pray for this church. I love this church. I love this church. And so I'll pray for our elder board. We're trucking so nicely, and I'll, I know that's a gift, and I'll say, God, let's I'll pray for the elders and the staff, the, the pastors and the other staff. And I pray for the construction and the future of the church and the way that God keeps blessing us. I love how he's given us continued growth but at a moderate level so that we could, like, manage it. I, that's an answer to pray. So I'll pray for grace. And then and personal prayers, you know, personal prayers. Uh, I, I just I make, I make the list again, and then I bring up that proverb Right? Not, not too much, it'll wreck me. Not too little, you know, it'll ruin me too. So many ways to ruin me. Or better, <laughs> or better. Here's what I found in this, in this way of praying, especially in supplication, right? In asking, presenting your needs to God. I have found that you can do this or you can worry. Friends, I have specialized in worry for considerable numbers of years. You know, 10,000 days. And let me tell you, praying is better. Just hand it off. Say it out loud. Let him have it so you can leave it there, okay? Just let him have it. Let's go over the outline again, right? A, adoration. C, T, thanksgiving. S, supplication. Great. The last one that I've just added here is just listen. Just listen. Listen. And, and what I mean here is just in a, you know, be still and know that the Lord is God. And you've gone through the ACTS part, and so now you say, speak to me. 
Just say those words. Just say that sentence. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. I just want to hear from you. You'd say, look, Lord, you've talked to people throughout all of history, and, and no one, you haven't changed. And so you're still talking. Let me hear you. And so sometimes, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear a Bible verse. That's his language. Okay? If, if the Lord had a, had a language, it would be Bible. And we'll talk about that next week. So I, I'm reading up on the Bible. A lot of, many times he'll give me a Bible verse of encouragement or confrontation. Sometimes he'll give me a name or a face. And it's like, okay, you know, it sounds like somebody needs to write a letter or buy somebody lunch or whatever it might be. And here's the key. Here's the key, friends. This is what makes, you know, this authentic. You do it. If you hear from God and he asks you to do something, you do it. If you don't do it a certain amount of times in a row, he'll be just like anyone else, right? Like, why do I talk? Because you don't, you're bluffing. You're just, you're just, you're just saying words now. So adoration, confession, you know, thanksgiving, supplication. Listen. Listen. Listen to what God's saying. Because this is the time in the Lord's, like in the Lord's prayer outline, this is a time where we say, right, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, right? Thine is the glory of all things. That's when, that's when this comes in. Everything's yours. The, you know, my marriage is yours, the children, my, my, my money, my stuff, right? My career, this is all yours. I'll go anywhere with anyone to do anything at any time. Speak to me. That's a great relationship, friends. I mean, you, I hope you have some kind of relationship like that in your own life. Because it, it requires work. It requires intentionality. You can't raise kids just on willy-nilly. Oh, yeah, I think you ought to do this. I, maybe we should talk about that. Right? You can't do that with a marriage. It needs to be a purpose, a balance. And this is, this is true with our relationship with God. But let me remind you this before we leave, okay? Let me remind you of this. When Jesus taught on prayer in Matthew chapter 7, it's hard to see it, you know, in our English translations because, because there's a thing um, of emphasis, right? Emphatic words. And when Jesus taught, I want you to hear not what he says, not the words, but the meaning of the words. And I will emphasize the words that are emphatic, the verbs here, and I'll say them maybe so that we get what he's saying. And here, I want you to hear the spirit of it. When Jesus teaches on prayer, he says this, okay? He's going to say it multiple times. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you're going to find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Anyone, anyone who asks, it's going to be given to them. Anyone who seeks, they're going to find it. Anyone who knocks, that door is going to swing open. How about all of you, right? All of you. If your child asked you for some bread, would you give him a rock? If he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? If that's what you would, you know, you'd do the right thing and you're evil. Even though fathers out here are evil, you would do what is right. He says this, how much more would the Father give you freely anything that would be good for you? 
Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, speak to me. Talk to me. Let's have a relationship together. Come on, let me in there in your life. Ask and seek and knock. I, I want to get into your life. I want you to know me. You were made, designed, and crafted to know me. Get me in this game. That's what he's saying. When he teaches, he says, talk to me. Talk to me. Would you do that? 15 minutes we looked at last week. 15 minutes, right? This week we say, okay, in at 15 minutes, let's be intentional. A-C-T-S-L. Let's do that. 40, in, our, in our time together, four weeks left. Okay? Let's try that. Let's all stand together, if you don't mind. Let's do the Lord's Prayer together. We'll pray in an outline that he used when somebody asked him, how do you, you, know, how do you think we ought to pray? He said, well, pray this. We'll put the, screen, the words up on the screen so we're all saying at least the same version of the Lord's Prayer. Let's do this together out loud. Okay, this will be fun. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. For more information about grace, visit our website at grace360.org.